Um, I gotta be honest, I do get pretty pumped up when I <laughs> listen to our intro song. You're the only one. I know. Whatever. That's that, Then maybe that's why I created it the way that it is. Did you really create it or did like Steve Jobs create it? And you just no, Steve, yeah, you think Steve Jobs mixed those loops? <laughs> I like to assume no, so. Some some creative guy like you probably sits there and and creates it and then submits it to Apple or whatever. So let me be. I'm I'm gonna tell a tale out of school here. <clears throat> a long time ago, a long time ago, twenty two thousand six, two thousand five, two thousand six. Long long time ago. It was a long time ago. I think it was two thousand five. Uh, my buddy and I had uh. He had played, he had created a song. He'd written a song from scratch. He'd written the lyrics. Um, and he was asked to sing this song at Carnegie Hall. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So um, he's legit. Well, yeah. I mean, he's a, he's a singer. And he asked me to write the music to the song or help Shh. with another guy with the guitar. Damn. Uh, so we end up playing that song at Carnegie Hall. What did you play? I played the piano. Jeez. On, the, on stage, like on the stage. full, the real thing. 100% on stage. Damn. Biggest piano I've ever played. Not not a baby grand, a grand, a grand piano. piano. Um, <laughs> I went to practice it with him in, in the hall before because he knew like one of the stage guys. We show up and um, I pulled the piano bench out. And as I pulled it back and went to sit down, I cracked my head on the uh, piano. Oh. <laughs> and, I was like, and it made like a sound. Cause, I thought you, you know, say you like broke one of the legs on the bench. No, I would have been out. Um, and I, I was super nervous. I mean, back then I had like horrible anxiety about everything. Uh, and playing at Carnegie Hall is yeah. not going to help. Um, but in that audience was a guy that was putting a show together, an off-Broadway show. And he needed to find people to... Um, write the lyrics and music to an off-Broadway show. Jesus. So he hired us to do this. <laughs> um, and I can, I can, I can read sheet music. I can, I know my way around the piano. I'm but not creating <laughs> something from scratch. But creating that and with like leap motifs, like like having all these yeah. like music, uh, or I'm sorry, like themes, and just it was like a, a huge undertaking. I had just gotten an iMac. I had GarageBand. Oh, and there was no full orchestra because it was off Broadway. They couldn't afford to pay uh, an orchestra. So when I wrote, I definitely wrote ninety percent of the music. But when I couldn't come up with extra stuff that we needed, I went right to Apple. <laughs> <We filled Oops>. <laughs> <laughs> and this was this was just just as GarageBand was starting. And I was like, I really fucking hope that no one has GarageBand. Wait, so it, but it legitimately went to off-Broadway and was it, Yeah, it was actually, and, when they say off-Broadway, it just basically has, it's a number of seating, it's, it's yeah. the number of seats, and it was basically, it was in Brooklyn, actually. Yep. Um, So it was basically off, off, off-Broadway. Off-Broadway, off the island. Of off Manhattan. the island. <laughs> it was such a horrible show that I almost oh, no. left halfway through. In fact, one of the guy, one of the actors, like, flipped out at the director at, like during intermission behind the stage and you could hear it in the audience. Oh, like, <laughs> like people yelling like, fuck, fuck, fuck. And this is like kind of a, it was, uh, it was around Christmas. So it was, it was a takeoff on, um, a Christmas Carol. Yeah. With the Scrooge. Um, and then the director was standing in the back and he was drinking a Budweiser. I'll remember this. <laughs> and he accidentally drops the, the can of Budweiser <laughs> and it, crashes the ground uh, and rolls all the way down the theater to the stage oh my I was gosh like, fuck this. get me out of here and i and remember like, my I, name is on this oh 
literally, I was like, I mean, not that I ever thought I'd have a career in uh, writing musical scores, but I was so embarrassed for everyone else involved. Right. I was sitting so low in my chair. I was like, please, no one see me. Like, Uh, didn't stick around, didn't talk to the cast or crew, just got Did it just run once or was it? it No, no, no. It it ran for like, I want to say like a month. Damn. Yeah. What was the what was the theme? What was it? Well, it, it was Christmas Carol. It was oh okay yeah. So it was basically like Scrooge, but with like new, new songs. <laughs> it was so fucking bad. Jesus. Like, and and it was sort of. I was Ooh. at this point in my life where I'm like, I'm always involved with cool things, but they always turn out horribly. <laughs> <laughs> like they're never awesome. They're always just like, kind of shitty. Probably like this podcast. <laughs> like, oh, this would be awesome. So even in twelve years, you still have you haven't graduated from being involved in something. In theory, is cool, but right. But now, now I don't give shit. a fuck. Yeah. Back in my twenties, I was like, oh my god, I hope everyone loves it. This sets my life up right. if I do this right. Right. But like, like I would, I, you know, I tell people, I'm like, hey, I, I wrote a, I wrote, I wrote a song and played it at Carnegie Hall. That's awesome. Leave it there. Well, Just right. stop. No, and, and that was good, but like I guess the rest of the concert, because I didn't see it, I was backstage was like pretty bad. In oh, fact, really? I came out and I was like, my mom, my parents were clearly in the audience. I'm like, how, how was it? My mom's like, we'll, we'll talk about it when we get out of the theater. <laughs> and I was, like, I was like, oh shit, it was that bad? I was like, I didn't think it was that bad. Like I didn't screw up. Like The song was fine. And I, the rest of the, the people who performed were just horrible. Was it all an auditions concert? It wasn't auditions. No, it was mostly pre-written stuff. Um, my buddy Mitch had just said, I want to do this on our own. And so um, you just submit something and you can go perform? And No, it was a benefit. Oh, okay. It was, I think it was called the Gift of Life. I think it was an AIDS benefit. Probably remember or that. a Red Cross. Maybe it was a Red Cross. Whatever it was, I've clearly tried to block it out of my mind. Yeah. I, the Carnegie Hall thing was fine. But I, everything after. Everything after was like so... Erase. Like, I'm like, hey, I, you know, I wrote the musical score for an off-Broadway show. So does somebody fund that kind of a show? How, do, how does it get started? I mean, obviously you have ticket yes. sales. So it was uh, through a theater, which is in Brooklyn Heights. Yeah. Um, I don't remember the name of the theater. Um, but they, you know, put on, it's like the Westport County Playhouse. Yep. You know, every month they put on a different show, right? Or two months, whatever it was. Um, and they fund that because they get okay. like a grant from whatever. Yep. And I'd actually seen some shows there that were legitimately good. Um, this one may go down in history as the worst. <laughs> and you know what was really fucked up is that the show was... I, I, I honestly felt the show was horrible. Some of the things that I wrote I thought were really, really beautiful. Like, I really wrote some great stuff. Right. The stuff that I pieced in from GarageBand was not... Well, it was good, but could it wasn't you, my shit. Could you tell that it was out of place or did it, it actually... No, because I... I I dove so deep on GarageBand and figure out, figured out how to make all these like tweaks and things. Um, yeah, because you can still adjust things that right. are pre-recorded. And I had a I had a MIDI controller, so I could oh, okay. uh, like I could actually like control like and yeah. change things up a little bit. Still, it was enough that people would have known. Uh, so I read the review like you know after opening night, and the one thing they were negative on was like, yeah, the music was a little boring. <laughs> I, was like, I was like holy shit this show was so bad that i was like the, the director fought meant- halfway through and dropped his beer and all the shit the one thing this guy takes it. away is the fucking music i wrote the music was boring yeah ouch yeah and that one's in writing and it's just like yeah not, i don't think they were like adam yurnowski my name was adam yurnowski at the time could ever 
should never write a musical theater yeah. piece again, but it was to the point where it was just like really bad. You're like, okay, been there, done that, tried it. and uh, It's on my resume. <laughs> I hope Proudly no or, or not yeah. so much, whatever. Yeah, anyway, so that's, uh, yeah, that's my... That's funny. All so, right, so I guess I'm not doing... Am I not doing that bad then with Apple Loops or no? You're doing fine with Apple Loops. Okay. Um, <laughs> and if you're if you ever get commissioned to write music for an off Broadway show, go into Apple Music or go into GarageBand and then I'm know. sure. And I'm sure the library is so deep now that it there's is. no way somebody could go search in there and discover that I pulled the entire thing from <laughs> GarageBand. Uh, not true. It's true. There are a lot of people with no time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all the time in the world on their hands. Um, it is a pretty powerful application, though, GarageBand. It's Especially cool. when you figure out how to use it. Yeah. And, like, if you do have a MIDI controller that you can yep. uh, throw some tunes into, it'll actually, like, you know, just by human nature, you'll be a little off the beat or whatever. Especially if you're not, like, a classically trained pianist. Yeah. Um, it'll actually fix the notes for you a little bit, too, which is cool. Like the, um, what, what was the thing that Akon sort oh. of started with the, oh, the uh, voice not reverberizer but uh autotune uh um, it, well it is like autotune a little bit but i mean hopefully if, if you're recording through a digital yeah thing it's not gonna play the wrong note but it, it will correct the beat okay i see i see gotcha yeah well maybe next season i'll uh I'll <laughs> Dude, i've got my keyboard upstairs man we can hook we'll it just, up we'll just do I, it. I took um so i i did piano lessons growing up and you grew up in Connecticut. Every boy I know, I know grew up. I, know. I did the same thing. Uh, but I and and today I wish I could still play it well. I can still mm. read sheet music, and I I played saxophone. Um, uh, <laughs> at one point, I think I played a violin or cello. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I like I know how to read the music, and I ended up taking a music class in college. So I got to relearn sheet music. But That's every cool. time. I just like, I see a piano. I'm like, damn it. I wish I could sit down and just play something. I remembered how to play something or I was, you know, dexterous enough, had enough dexterity to just sit there and look at a sheet of music and still be able to move on all the keys. It's just, it's such a, I don't know. It's one of those random things and passions that's like buried inside that I I wish I could still tap into, but I will not have the time to do it till I'm like 50. And have totally have a piano. That's the well thing. to that end. GarageBand actually has lessons, which I've never actually used. Yeah. I've never opened it up, but um, supposedly they're fairly good. Oh really? Yeah. Like uh, the I mean, like Udemy. You ever seen that online? Uh, no, I don't know what that is. Courses they they have stuff on everything. Um, so like if you want to learn uh, how to use QuickBooks, you can go on Udemy. If oh, you nice. want to learn sign language, you go on Udemy. If you want to learn sales and marketing, they have courses on this I stuff. I should probably take that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe, um, but uh, yeah, it's like anywhere from I think the cheapest ones are a dollar, um, and they do promos oh, all cool. the time. Up to I'm sure there's several hundred dollars or thousands of dollars for series courses. But um, yeah, it's like <clears throat> excuse me, it's widely regarded as like probably the best online platform to learn stuff like that. And I'd imagine Apple probably has similar, mm-hmm. um, you know, proprietary and, and good uh, software and lessons that can teach you, especially on their program. Could they teach me how to love again? Uh, probably, yeah. I'm sure there's like a self-love masturbation course or something hmm. on there. Yeah, Tonight. so um, someone in my office had mentioned this, and I think maybe you mentioned it to me too. I need like I think two- I texted you about it last week. Right. I need I need two recommendations from people before I actually go out. And, okay. And I'm like, all right, this I'll is remember that. Um, and Bill, you're on uh, you're on speed dial. <laughs> if I need Adam to do something, <laughs> right. 
Um, so we're talking about the fire festival or we watched the, uh, well, I only watched the Netflix documentary on the fire festival. Right. Have you seen the Netflix or the Hulu version? Both. Oh, wow. Okay. So I watched the, I watched the Hulu one first because yeah. the Netflix one wasn't out yet. Okay. Uh, the Netflix one just came out, um, I guess two Fridays ago. Uh, and the Hulu one, I don't know how long it had been out, but it, maybe it was like a week earlier or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, yeah, I had seen that one first. And then when the Netflix one came out, I watched that over the uh, weekend. And which one did you prefer? Honestly, I, th- I preferred the Hulu one. So mm-hmm. for context, for anybody that hasn't seen any of these um Yeah, we should probably talk about one. Yeah. <laughs> Or you have no idea what the Fire Festival is, spelled F-Y-R-E. This guy, um, Billy McFarland, uh who we can get into what we think about him so here's here's the thing with billy mcfarland and i i grew up knowing billy mcfarland's right like he there is a certain type of person who embodies the billy mcfarland attitude yep which is i want to party i want to get laid i want to look like i'm the shit and i really don't care who i fuck over or indirectly fuck over myself in the process but in reality you're a hollow dead soul Right. Who, who basically people, doesn't deserve space on this earth. <laughs> right. And so, well, who can see people, well, you know, who people can kind of see is very translucent yeah. and, and is just not like a. So he, he organized, um, he organized a music festival to be hosted on a quote unquote, a private Island in the Bahamas. Um, he purchased an Island along with, um, Ja Rule. Ja Rule. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know? Sorry, I I apologize for interrupting, but did you know about it before you heard about the controversy? Not really. I only no, I didn't know about it before the controversy. I only started to see news stories, I guess, either over the weekend of the music festival or just after, and how it was this big epic failure. Because I had never clear. I mean, I'm not running in that circle. Clearly, Um, it's not my target demographic, but. I had never actually heard of it. And then I was like, oh shit, when it started going down, that's when I then, heard then it. Be, and I think that's how most people in most general circles found out about it was right. when it was all going down. Because yes. he, he he came up with this music festival idea. He he partnered with Ja Rule and some <laughs> other people on raising money around it. They bought this island uh, that was formerly owned by Pablo Escobar. That was part of their whole marketing. When you campaign. say bought the island, you should probably put that in quotes. No, they they did. They they paid cash. They they owned that island. Did they really? Apparently, yeah. Wait, I thought, I, and maybe I'm confused on this, but I thought it was sort of like they said they owned it, but they really just gotten like a lease from the Bahamian government. Maybe that's I, it's true. I I don't know. There there um, there was money on the table because he mm-hmm. he definitely secured several million dollars or over ten million dollars because money did right. exchange hands for totally. certain services. Um, so but we, yeah, he they did not they weren't able to have the the music festival on that island. They had to move it somewhere else. And, to and, Grand Exuma, or Great Exuma. Yeah, Great Exuma Island. Uh, yeah. And where they moved it to was a, a potential housing development just adjacent to Sandals Resort um, on this Exuma <laughs> Island. Yeah. Uh, Exuma. And it was just a giant gravel pit. <laughs> right. And But previous to this, it had been advertised as this sort of luxury experience yeah. with... Um, like I don't know if you've ever seen those tents that people go on safari, like you know, and glamping, and, right? Glamping, basically. Uh, I guess Coachella has some high end. I'm sure they do. Uh, 
uh, um, tents and stuff. And yeah. so I, similar to that, but they were all sketches. Like there wasn't, if you saw the, the right, you pamphlet, never saw it. there was no actual picture of the tent. It was all like, you know, cool ink, uh, blue ink and white right. sketches. But part of the marketing and advertising for this festival was that he had gone down, Billy McFarland yeah. had gone down with Ja Rule, uh, and from what I could tell, a very capable videographer and created one an yeah. amazing video of like Bel Hadid. Uh, so that's the thing. Yeah, they had the yeah. top 10 models in the world. Right. Um, <laughs> Bella Hadid. Uh, Emily Ratajkowski or however you pronounce her name. It's really hot. Haley Baldwin Bieber or whatever. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, what's the... Uh, Alessandra... No, what's the Kardashian? I, I, Kylie, 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 Kylie Jenner. We're like those old yeah, people. We're, we're the, we're the idiots, but this is exactly why we didn't find out until the whole What's thing uh, what, what blew up. What was that woman's <laughs> name who took off her top and was head sex with Ray J? What's a home button? How do you open this phone? Uh, I got to call my daughter and have her reset my modem. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she can come in and be like, Dad, please. Like, First of all, Malin, you can't even have full conversations. Yeah, what are you I talking know. about? Like, um, Dad, just, just open up the Instagram and, and then there's Snapchat. That's so bad. Um, but yeah, it, it, so the video and the promotion was, it was smart. And the reason it was smart was because they knew exactly who they were going for. They were going for these, uh, rich millennials who didn't know what to do with all the extra cash they had, um, who based on the interviews I saw, maybe weren't the best looking guys, um, but really wanted to like spend some money, have like a crazy weekend, go say that they could party in this private Island. You know, and and yeah. and with these models, uh, and have like the weekend of their life, right? And it was the 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 production that they put on for that for that advertisement was all about look at what's going to go on on this island. There'll be these you know hot models there, and everybody else that's like you and like these models. Right. And if you want the perfect Instagrammable weekend, this is what you're going to get, and this is what's we're going to what we're going to create. You know, right. the drinking, the uh, the beach parties, the clubbing, the music, the private yachts, you know, going off the 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 top deck jumping and yeah. down the water slides, so the wait, jet bas- skis. Basically your bachelor party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, except that was on a lake boat that <laughs> the top deck was probably going to fall off if yeah. you put two or three people and on I it. I think maybe I spent about 500 bucks that whole weekend. And the burgers were frozen, and oh, you yeah. put them on the grill. I mean, that first was, class. That was a, a half-assed version but of this. But still, a lot more fun than what ended up being the fire festival. Yes, as as we as we all learned as we watched that all blow up. And so he had said that like Blink One Eighty Two was going to be there. Uh, what he had legit? I guess he had legitimately signed up uh, real real bands and real okay. performers because Blink One Eighty Two didn't pull out until that friday and the music festival was on saturday because it yeah at least the way that it all it looked like it played out the there were guests down there already on friday when okay. blink 182 said for oh. you know a number of different reasons we're actually not going to be coming and as soon as they pulled out a yeah. bunch of the other performers realized oh shit this is not a real thing right so the reason it failed well there's a bunch of reasons it failed. one reasons. they so he had secured all this funding right and basically some funding, some funding yeah. and threw that into like buying an or not an apartment, I'm sorry, but uh, an office in like Tribeca and right. kind of living this lifestyle of like private cars. He drove a Bentley. Uh, he had a penthouse. Yeah. Uh, some somewhere in the city. So he blows all this money. Yeah. And doesn't have any money to pay for like the, these tents that were supposed to be luxurious in this 
private island that they were hurricane tents left over from you know some storm right. that FEMA had given to the island. Yeah, um, like what? <laughs> and and I mean, no no slam against the Bahamas, but they don't have the infrastructure, especially on certain islands, Absolutely to like. Not power a concert i mean that takes a tremendous amount of electricity and yep. some of these islands are just not equipped the to plumbing it. It, it was a, right. it was a gravel pit literally a gravel pit yeah there's no plumbing <laughs> so you have to bring all that in right so they have it's just really bad planning right yeah um and on top of that they kind of hit these roadblocks with the bahamian government of like you know, they need to get things through customs they need to get water they need to do all this stuff in fact one of the guys who happened to be gay billy yeah the he was the uh i guess he was not the uh, the music festival festival manager yeah, yeah or, or like the event organizer event or, manager yeah. whatever whatever it was but yeah he was he was like the top guy outside of the ones promoting it right and billy was like listen um i need you to take one for the team i need you to go yeah. down to <laughs> go to go to customs go to customs and perform sexual acts on the guy who's holding yeah. their water or whatever yeah and suck his <laughs> and suck his dick yeah and the, the guy was like and i was prepared to do that. i was gonna do it yeah he was like i went down there with the full intention of taking one for the team yeah i was like wow I can't, you think the the type of of man man he is a boy he's a child like he's like 27 billy mcfarland yeah um how on I, I can't fathom how he was able to get that many people to to believe in his vision and go with him to the bitter end like all you know well hindsight is twenty twenty, and so when they're all yeah. doing these interviews and the documentaries they're like yeah i mean it was just a complete shit show we just knew going up to it it was it was but, gonna fail but you were you were with him it, the which entire is exactly way. my point like how how much do we blame and clearly the majority of the blame falls on this guy, right? Yeah, dude. But these other guys are like going along for the ride and they're seeing it. And some of the guys were calling out like, dude, we can't go forward with this. Yeah. But I think it's that mentality of like, I can't speak out about the guy on top of like ahead of me. Like I can't, I don't want to. And they know that they'll just get removed. So right. If, if which he were, was doing. Yeah. If it were even remotely possible that it would go off and be a wild success those people involved wanted to be part of that just like complete boomerang. But don't you think, I mean, what was it like? First of all, they had like a couple months to plan this whole thing. Yeah. Four months. When it was, the guys were saying it takes at least like 12 months. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Like at some point you kind of have to see the writing on the wall and think, well, this is just stupid and we shouldn't continue with this. Yeah. It's, it's mind boggling and it's frustrating (laughs) to watch and think about and try and comprehend why anybody but Billy McFarland went along with this and, yes. and tried to to figure this out? Right. Uh, so you asked me which one did I like better, the Netflix or Hulu one? Yeah. I like the Hulu one better. Okay. Because there's, oh. a, I guess there's a controversy with that because uh, the the Netflix one asked Billy McFarland to come on to their documentary. Is he in jail? Yes. Oh, so he would have done it through. Jail. Uh, yeah, I, I with the logistics around that I have no idea. However, he said, "Yeah, I'll come on if you pay me." Netflix was like, "Screw you, we're not paying you." So he said, "Okay, yeah, I'm not coming right. on." Hulu paid him to to be in their documentary, and it was partly produced by Jerry Media. So oh. if you know fuck Jerry on on Instagram, I, I, what I didn't realize is he sort of 
and maybe they 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 played this up a little bit in the Hulu documentary, mm-hmm. but he was kind of on like one of the first or second or third people to really start the whole meme culture on Instagram. Billy McFarlane. <clears throat> no, no, no. Oh. Fuck Jerry. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. This guy Elliot Tabell Tabelli. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and and he and a couple other friends, uh, including his like girlfriend or wife or whatever, all sort of grew up at the same time on Instagram, creating these memes and yeah. uh, what everybody follows now: fat Jewish, fuck Jerry, beige cardigan, um, everything. You're saying and these things. I don't. I don't know beige cardigan. I don't follow. Gracie does. My oh, wife, of course. Um, uh, and I don't follow anybody now because it's <laughs> been no social media. Yeah, we got to get into that too. Um, and uh, so he, I, I, I guess what I didn't realize is he was sort of on the forefront of that and yeah. really helped kick that that whole genre up on, on Instagram. And has enough money from that to oh, fund this money. documentary. So they, they started this media company, him with a few other guys, three other guys or something. And they were part of the uh, production team on this documentary. So there's, in my eyes, there's a little bit of a conflict and interest in well, what yeah, you're that's trying what to portray. Say. Yeah, because so they kind of want to cover their ass because they were exactly. sponsors of this as well. Which right? I think is partly why I liked the Hula documentary because they threw Billy McFarland under the bus <laughs> like left and right. And I think they were just trying right. to wash their hands as clean as humanly possible from that's, the whole event. Yeah. Uh, and... So by by having him uh, be interviewed on it, you know they asked some uncomfortable questions and they pushed him on some things, and you yeah. could tell when he pushed back, uh, and he was just blatantly lying uh, or was like trying to claim client um, lawyer client privilege, oh, uh, whatever. Right. Whatever Michael Cohen is, is trying to talk <laughs> about these days, um, and mm. oh, can't get political. Don't get political. Sorry, sorry, my bad. Um, uh, but he. There was also, uh, they went through what I liked in the Hulu documentary again, they, they went through his history and his, you know, quote unquote upbringing, how, how he got to the point where he thought he could pull off a music festival and get a lot of people to invest money in him. Having not seen that. And all I know about him is that he grew up in New Jersey, uh, spent like a semester or two at Bucknell left and started Magnesis. Magnesis. He start so he started it. It's a cool story, and I gotta give him credit uh, for being this entrepreneurial. He uh, he was in a meeting or or something, um, and realized like, what do what do kids want these days? What do millennials want these days? They want to feel high power. They want to feel important. They, they want to feel high experiences. Yes. Yeah. Every time we come up with an idea for a millennial, it's like, well, what's the experience? Yeah. What are they getting yeah. out of it that they can brag Which about? Which I'm on like media? so embarrassed to be part of that generation. Sometimes I know. Um, I, I realize you're like just outside of it. Uh, Depends who you ask, but yeah. I know. Yeah. And then the the bracket is is uh, flexible, I guess. But <laughs> yeah. he um, he he basically determined. Wait a second! Like a black card is such a hot thing to have an Amex black card. Like it's made of metal. It's right. badass. Like you put that thing down on a table, you hear it, you totally. feel it. So he ordered uh, some type of metal from Japan, and he cut out. <clears throat> excuse me in the shape of a credit card uh this piece of metal he um he, he somehow peeled off the magnetic strip from his debit card or credit card and put it on this piece of metal and <laughs> went out to the local um you know like 7-eleven or corner store to see if it would, to work. See if it would work and it worked and he said holy shit i got something here so he ordered sheets of metal and started stamping them out into credit cards and created this business, Magnesis. And it was like the the black card for millennials. And 
Wow. He he went into a meeting. It was like um, uh, you know, one of those like thirty second uh, uh hot date uh pitch yeah, like speed dating. Yeah, uh, yeah, totally like, like uh, an well, elevator pitch. Kind exactly. Of thing. Yep. And he wasn't getting attention in the meeting, and investors were asking other kids at the table, people at the table that were like more loud spoken than him, and he just started. If you can hear that, just kept dropping and tapping his card on the table. And he just kept spinning it in his hands and he kept tapping it on the table and he wasn't saying it. And finally somebody looked at him and he was like, what are you doing? He goes, this is my idea. And he just like kept tapping it <laughs> until finally investors said like, what is that? And he explained the whole concept to him of how you get millennials to sign up for this. It's a, you know, it's a monthly fee or whatever. It's, it's a monthly nominal. fee for a credit card. Yeah. I mean, but it also gets you privileges to other things or did he so i think he oversold it on things wow, he's like, really good at that yeah he 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 rented out this apartment um you know rather big apartment to oh, sell right. experiences in new york city and like you want you come to this city it's so big you can't meet people why don't you come to this apartment and everybody that's a magnesis member gets to meet each other and it's now this social networking <laughs> thing yeah, so it wow. sort of morphed and i'm probably getting a lot of these details wrong and i apologize but um yeah it just it yeah, i think it grew a lot faster or or differently than then the initial people had realized what it was supposed to be. Right. And then a lot of the customer service and a lot of different things that he was promising in it just weren't delivered. And people started getting fierce. Like this is bullshit. This is a scam. Right. And then he got uh, kicked out of the apartment by the landlord because they wrecked it one night in a party. Of course. You're like, get the fuck out. You can't be here anymore. And everything that he had sold about the card in this, you know, experience of meeting other like-minded and and fellow uh, new New York residents just was blown up and lost and people oh, are like shit. this is this is ridiculous he had lied on uh fundraising uh fund which rounds of how so much illegal yeah like how much <laughs> facebook stock he owned I mean, I, so i had gone through like an angel yeah. investing uh looking for a series a company yeah. you know right like 2010 and like it is so imperative that everything is buttoned up yeah like they need to see everything like you cannot the lie. fiduciary responsibilities in uh, in either securing funding, you know, for whatever it is that you're doing or mm-hmm. somebody helping you secure funds is, is no joke. Like no. you could not, you, you might not be regulated by the sec as whatever business you are and the people giving you money right. uh, aren't regulated technically by the sec, but they will step in and they will get involved when there is any issue with that. And that's, so was he actually know. fabricating documents or he just he like, was, okay. yeah, no, he was, he Jesus. was a hundred percent fabricating this stuff. And so the Hulu documentary went into his his scamming a hell of a lot more than the Netflix one. The Netflix yeah. one was very just like structured timeline of how the fire festival came to be, right. what happened leading up to it. So it was what more it was yeah, at it. Netflix was really about the fire yeah. festival. The Hulu was Hulu probably more the about whole Billy. thing was Billy yeah. McFarland and then how did this fire festival festival come to be yeah. and how did it all blow up? <clears throat> but the fire festival and maybe the Hulu one um and maybe this is partly because the uh, Jerry Media guys understand the Instagram world and and influencer marketing and all that stuff. They did a really good job of um, of highlighting some of the quote unquote influencers mm-hmm. that were invited to the fire festival, like some of the good ones and then some of the right. bad ones. So I think you mentioned earlier uh, that some of these quote unquote influencers were pretty ugly and definitely needed to go. Oh, I don't know if they were this. influencers, whatever, whoever they were interviewing on the, they were, 
Oh, they were influencers. Even, wait, I'm, and I'm talking about the Netflix So you're talking about the Netflix one. There was yeah. a guy who was pretty bald. Yeah, uh, like a ginger bald. Yeah, ginger bald. <laughs> exactly. He he saw this whole, and again, I apologize if I'm getting all these details uh, wrong. At least you're apologizing up front, because usually you would just go I in just off on it. this. Yeah, and like, I'm hey, only this doing that because uh, last week's episode, I said, I'm probably getting this Yale University thing wrong. And, and it was Bowdoin. Uh, no, <laughs> no, the Bowdoin, that Bowdoin thing was bad. Uh, <laughs> anyway we, we can we can talk about it later um but the that guy uh he saw this whole social media uh influencer culture going down yeah and created a twitter handle um I, i'm gonna find it I'll, I'll find the name uh at some point but it was basically making a mockery of what everybody else was doing on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. And he ended up gaining like this huge following because people were like, oh, this is hysterical. It's so ironic. And he's, yeah. he's mocking us, but it's funny. Uh, <laughs> and so he was invited to the Firefest uh, as an influencer and was like wow. covered for the whole Oh, trip. wow. Okay. So he, so yeah. the thing that, the thing about influencers is like every time I bring a, an advertising campaign to a client, Ninety percent of the time, I've said ninety percent a few times today. Ninety percent of the time, it's they're good asking, they're like, "What is? How are we gonna get influencers involved?" Ugh. Which is which is crazy, because I think that's sort of like the their magic bullet. Like, well, just give them money and they'll and they'll figure it out. They'll figure it out, right? Which is not great. Um, we work with agencies that specialize in knowing these influencers and getting them on board. Yep. So I can say, well, I need like, I need a kid that's going to like sell me some Mountain Dew. Uh, he needs to be cool. He needs to like skate. He needs to like post three times a day, whatever. And they're like, this is your guy. Here's how much he costs. And it's like six figures right off the bat. And I'm like, how the fuck? Yeah. What a life. I mean, could yeah. you imagine if you had timed it right when this was all coming about in 2012, 2013? Um, I know yeah. it's just like oh, it's a missed opportunity, but also your life is consumed by your fucking phone, and that is the most, in my opinion, it's the most miserable existence out there. The people that totally. live their life through, let's say, let's pick Instagram, mm-hmm. uh, which is exactly why this whole fire festival thing works, is because they were consumed by quote unquote influencers, yes. supermodels, absolutely, whatever it was. As soon as that message got out and they saw something that they may have FOMO over yeah. the next day or after the weekend is over, they needed to be included in at whatever cost. And yeah, this, so this month that we've been taking off social media, mm-hmm. uh, I said to you last week or over the weekend, I said, Adam, I'm done other than business, you know, other than the granola and prop work stuff. Yeah. I am signing out of my personal account. I don't want anything to do with it because I, not only do I not miss it, but I see that documentary on the fire festival <laughs> yeah. and those dumb idiots who got suckered into going down there. Yeah. It's really hard to have any sympathy for the losers that just that just <laughs> absolutely blow their minds on on Instagram and just turn everything to mush. I get it, and and to recognize that, or basically like that that mentality. Like for a while there, I was like, oh man, like I'm getting like some sweet likes on this photo. Yeah, this makes me feel amazing. <laughs> like, and it's this weird, like it's not tangible. It's a drug. No, it, it, and it really is. And it's like, oh cool, I got like. I got like 500 likes on this photo. That's yeah. awesome. I can't wait to get a 500 more. But what for what? Like, what am I getting out of that? I have some Nothing. strangers liking a picture of my daughter. Like, 
what the fuck? Like, I, why, how it is I... a it is a number that can you can directly compare yes. and and share with other friends, and it it is a it's a measurable whatever right but it's uh, it's it's a dick swinging contest it's yeah. hey look at how many followers i have or look how many likes this post got i'm in some way better than you yeah. or at least for yeah. me but really what it is 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 it's like saying dude like you're showing your like great the great side of your life to people and expecting people to like on it yeah nobody posts the crappy stuff no and the people who do post the crappy stuff are posting it to be like look at how real and honest and open i am and please engage with me because I am so brutally honest. Well, I will real. say that, that my wife rarely is never on social media and yeah. rarely posts on Instagram. Yeah. Um, but she had posted a photo. Like she was like typical Sunday morning at the Drake house and our kitchen was destroyed. Malin had thrown everything we <laughs> own like on the counter and on the, on the floor. It was just a mess. And she's, and it was really like genuine. Yeah. And I was like, that's what I want to see on Instagram. Right. I want to see the true life real like you know blood blood stains and, and yeah. tears and, and sweat <laughs> and all that um meanwhile i look at my account and i'm like i only take pictures of beautiful sunsets <laughs> but so you had mentioned that uh even though you enjoy being off of it right now you still want to go back onto it because you do like taking pictures yes and i i guess i agree with you um you take those pictures and there's definitely value in you just being able to consume it and enjoy it when it's sitting right. there on your phone. But you also take those pictures cause you're like, Hey, you know, isn't this a, isn't this a nice picture of a sunset at the beach or, yes. you know, check out this light fixture that I think is really cool in New York city, Totally, which um, I do a lot, which you do exactly. <laughs> you're like, look at this stairwell over here with a but, fern. So, but I, for a long time and up until, February 1st when we go back on social media I've had a public account yeah because I was like I want to show the world how yeah. great the staircase looks and boy did did that get full <laughs> fully taken care of and taken advantage of yeah and and now I'm like you know what I'm going to private and I'm going to get rid yeah. of all these followers I don't know because first of all can you remove followers I think so you must be able to or at least block them I don't know. Uh, I haven't looked into it's this. It's true. Yeah, you could. You're right. You could block them. But there's there's no value for me now to having some stranger in Russia yeah. like a photo of my daughter. Yeah, that's and, true. And really, like, I want to show my friends, like, hey, this is my daughter dancing to Beyonce. <laughs> Can I just bring up? <laughs> so uh, when you know when we were like definitely active on Instagram. Uh, it was two and a half years ago. Mm -hmm. You were always posting stuff, you know, like was it an artsy picture or you were doing something in your backyard or you were at a cousin's house doing yeah. swimming or something. And uh, your daughter was born yes. and you posted a picture of her on your Instagram. Yeah. And it got shared on a local news station. Uh, I say local. It, it's super regional news station. Yeah, but that's not why I got likes. That's how you got followers, right? No. That's not how I got followers. What was it from? Because I remember there was literally a picture. Let's say it was on um, October 10th. You had a picture that was getting 12 likes. And every picture before that for the last three years was averaging 12 likes. You're wrong. And then the next day was like 520. No, it went back. It went back earlier than that. Okay, so what was it? So the story is, is that a good friend of mine was dating uh, a prominent weatherman for the station. Okay. Um, <clears throat> and this weatherman, very good looking guy. Uh, happened to, 
you know, we became friends and everything. We were hanging right. out and he had come out to uh, Connecticut and we were hanging out. Oh, and he had yeah. posted a photo of me with him and my buddy and, uh, and my wife and tagged me in it and did it at like 10 o'clock at night or whatever. I was asleep. I woke up the next morning to like 3000 followers <laughs> and I was like, holy shit. Um, and, and just kind of blew up from there. And, uh, and from then on, like I had gone from like two likes on every picture, which were basically like Lindsay and you, um, <laughs> to like 500 likes, which in the grand scheme of things is not a lot. No, but it was, it was so noticeable that I could, I literally a, went back and I looked at, it. I was like, Wait a second. How did Adam got 150 likes on this picture? Yeah. And then the next one was like 270. So yeah. what's wrong? I don't know if Adam has 270 followers. I, or I don't have 270 friends. Or I don't know 270 <laughs> so, people. Uh, which is funny because I joke that some of my cousins, uh, these little girl cousins of mine, they all have like 2,000 followers and you know, minimum they have 2000, but it's not just like, Hey, I'm a young teenage girl. Like, exactly. No, no, totally. It's, it's absolutely different, but it's just funny when you're a business, like trying to grow your followings, and everything, you're just like scraping by for, you yeah. know, one or two new followers till you can get to 400 and to 500 and to <laughs> right. 750. Yeah. Like these 13 year old girls are running around with 10,000 followers because anytime they enter a new room, it's like, Hey, are you on Instagram? Yeah. This, this is my name. Boop, boop, boop. And they're in. Yeah. It's like the, totally the net. Excuse me, the networking is totally different, but um, that was a side tangent. Uh, but but it's the same sort of idea of like. But I hate Instagram. Screw it. <laughs> I I mean I do, and I'm definitely like gonna dial it back. It, it just in terms of like not how much I share, but and not that I share a lot. I really don't try to like. I really try. I, I share the sunset. It's yeah. really what yeah, I yeah, do yeah. a lot. Um, or, or pictures of my kid. And by the way, like my daughter, every time I post a photo, guaranteed 300 likes. Yeah. Uh, she always, she always gets good, she hits good it. attention. Um, but t- like for what though? Like it's that, it's that un, do you, but do you go back and look at the likes that you get? And like, so once you post something, are you then looking back at it and just saying, Oh, you know, how are people engaging with this? No, not at all. Okay. I mean, if I had a brand, maybe, but it's just my personal account. Okay. But that, but see, I'm saying that's, that's good. At least you're just posting a picture up there for the sake of putting some content. Out. Right. And every time I post a photo, it's, it's more like, Hey, what would my friends like to see? Uh-huh. Uh, and for a while, and I, I really don't touch Facebook that much anymore, but like, I was seeing that people were like posting just random bullshit that I didn't give a fuck about. Like the rants. Facebook is yes, is just an open forum for rants. Well, it's, exactly. It's so bad. My my subconscious idea for Facebook, or every time I post on Facebook, was if I post on Facebook, it has to benefit someone somehow, whether it's a joke. Or whether it's like, hey, check out this cool thing I found. Like, I think yeah. some of you guys yeah. might want to see it. So hashtag ad quotes. <laughs> well, hashtag ad quotes is just shit that I. Yeah. <laughs> but but yes, I mean to that end, it's more like, hey, if is is someone going to get some sort of enjoyment out of yeah. this rather yeah. than it be like super self serving. Yeah. And fair. I think Instagram is still very much self serving, and to a degree, I am still very self served by it. Um, because the platform is much more visual than it is. Uh, you know, just text. Totally. And but if you look at my like Instagram account, there's not a lot of selfies of me. I do not yeah. appear in my, my account very much. Sure. Uh, I'm not a very good looking person. So it does. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or it's like, check out the facial hair I'm trying to grow. 
trying, <laughs> succeeding. It's coming in. It's coming in better than, than mine did. So I'll give you that. Um, but but then you kind of look at like the Firefest, which is like this, just going after these guys who want the likes on yeah. their their yeah. Facebook and on their on their Instagram, and it's like, yeah, of course. Like I don't feel bad for these people that got no. duped. It it definitely got to a point where people's lives were in danger um there were there were a few instances where it looked like you know they weren't getting any water there was right. only alcohol there so people were getting intoxicated to the point of passing out yeah um they ended up getting locked a bunch of co- concert goers uh <laughs> were uh went back to the airport that friday night right and the airport for security reasons all the flights were done for the day and they were like, you, you can't go out on the tarmac. And if you want to go back to the festival, go for it. But we're okay. locking these doors. And so, you know, you're going to be basically locked inside. So they didn't explain that in the Netflix documentary. Yeah. They were just said, hey, we're locking you in here. And I was like, why would an airport lock people in? They locked the tarmac doors. So yeah. You couldn't okay. go out to the Okay. To yeah. The and that airport. makes sense to me. Yes. Totally. But yeah, it was it was it was displayed in, in a little bit of a misleading way. OK. Um, so, you know, on that on that front, you know, maybe I could have a tiny bit of symphony. 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 Can I have a symphony? Sympathy. Do you want me to write it for you? Yeah, please. Still on the, <laughs> I have garage still on the Carnegie Hall uh, note. But uh, then you just look at it and you're like, guys, you still got duped into spending thousands yeah. and tens of thousands, in some cases hundreds of thousands of dollars to go down there for literally an Instagrammable moment. And yes. that's because that's how it was sold to you. Yep. So you knew exactly what you were getting into or at least were pitched Mm -hmm. and when you were down there you were going to try and portray exactly what you saw in those promotional videos and say look at me i was at the fire festival you weren't or maybe you were and you were the hottest influencer that's on instagram right now or you're the hottest model that's out there right now or you're this you know massive music uh artist or you're a dj and look at me i'm there that was fantastic and it's going to be you know, this big magical moment in a weekend that only a few thousand people get to share in. Right. But every single one of them got totally bent over and screwed <laughs> and watching them sit there when they get to the festival, looking at these mattresses that are soaked from the rain, right. the, night before, the rain the night before. And they're just like, yeah, go duke it out. Go fight over the FEMA tents. It's just like, you know what? You sort of had it coming for you. Yeah. Uh, and, and the only people that I really do feel bad for, like there's that woman in, again in the Netflix documentary who they did a better job highlighting the, the hardships. Right. That and she's saying like, I had to pay my people and I paid them out of my pocket and yeah. I never got paid by, by fire media or whatever it was. And it's like, like that's that kind of like mentality. Not, not for this woman. This woman clearly got fucked over um, 50 grand out of her life savings. Right. And, and like Billy McFarlane is like, well, you know, I was trying to look like I was the badass and the cool guy and yeah. all these people were trying to do the same thing. But like, look who I had to step over to get to it. Yeah. And look who I legitimately fucked over. And he, even some absolutely. of the people. He screwed real people over and destroyed their lives. Yeah. Just so that he could like smoke cigars and drink beer with. And he could live this life that he he imagines that he wants to live, could never actually live, could never make enough money to to enjoy that kind of life. And instead has to step on other people's backs to try and get there. Yeah. And 
got pretty far doing it. Yeah, and that's the that's a crazy ass thing. Is just every every uh, bit of file footage that they have around him, yeah. he's with Ja Rule smoking these fat ass cigars and drinking drinking beers. He's got his shirt unbuttoned. He's out in a, on a jet ski or he's out on an ATV yeah, on right. the island. It's like, what do you do except exist? You you're just a, a body taking up space that right. is is doing a shitload of harm to people yes. and nothing good. Well, so this is what I think about like when I when I look at like the character of people, I look how they react in times of basically like when they fucked up, how they how they how, account how for that, yeah. right? Yeah. Um and this guy, Billy, finds out that his <laughs> festival's a mess. He's fucked people over, right? Dude disappears. I, I, like I no know, accountability. Yeah. Yeah. Dis of fucking peers. Like, that is such a horrible character to me. Like, it, people that own up to their shit, great. Granted, this guy should have owned up to his shit weeks before this, but... Owned up to it before Magnesis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but it's just the fact that, like, you know, you don't disappear when the world is falling around or, uh, or falling down around yeah, you. Yeah, it's it's so bad. Well, two things. The... That woman that you're talking about, uh, who organized all the catering for mm-hmm. uh, the weekend, yeah, she so she spent 50k of her own life savings, right? Totally lost it. You know, she broke down in the Netflix documentary. There's a GoFundMe uh, for her that's raised oh, no over shit. 200 grand. Oh, so okay. um, yeah, people are people. So social are media taking, actually can work out. Yeah, people are <laughs> okay. taking note of this and saying like, okay, if there's a way we can make this right, let's make it right. What would be really messed up is if a bunch of people that paid for that fire festival are also donating to this GoFundMe thing. Like it would, on one hand, it would be, oh, isn't that really nice? But on the other hand, it's just like, no, 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 go stick your head in a hole and get away. Like let other people help fix this problem. You were part of that. You were part of the problem. So just like you wasted a shitload of money, stop wasting anymore. Like figure out a better way to spend your money. I understand it's nice. You app. This woman needs help. No matter what, because right. he, he totally screwed a ton of people over on that island. Yeah. But anybody else that was involved in the fire festival, whether you were there as a participant, you were there as an organizer or whatever yeah. it is, go away. <laughs> so go do something else. Did you watching these documentaries? Did you feel like there was a lack of accountability from some of the people who participated in organizing it? Not not for yeah. Billy. Clearly, for Billy was not accountable. Or tried to be non-accountable um but like even some of the people who were talking i was like yeah but like you know where- jerry media like they they were the promoters of the entire event right why would you promote an event that you don't believe is actually going to go off or if you do believe it's going to go off how did you not see anything else negative around it and that's the problem that i have with the hulu documentary is it's partly self-serving for Jerry Media because they're yeah. trying to say, look at us, you know, we didn't have anything to do with this. It was all this crazy-ass guy. But right. you were absolutely part of the problem. Well, and that's sort of the thing, right? It's like, it's it, yeah, it's really fucked up because it's... <laughs> yeah, he the, the Billy McFarlane, he's in jail. Um, right. I think for six years at least. Uh, so he, he's paying the price. A little bit. I think he should be in jail for longer than six years. Um, well, but it was like for securities fraud. Uh, I know, and it's also well. That's the thing is that he valued what Magnesis or Fire or whatever at like several million dollars, and it was like yeah. sixty thousand uh, dollars. Oh yeah, we didn't even talk. We didn't even uh, mention this. The Fire Festival was 
uh, basically all designed to promote the Fire app, right. which was a, um, a high-end client booking service. So right. if you want a, a premier uh, artist to come play at your bar mitzvah, your wedding, a corporate event or whatever, the Fire app is supposed to be sort of the intermediary for that. Right. And um, Which, honestly, not a bad idea. Yeah, like, no, 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 I get no. it. Good idea, and in 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 theory, it's a it's a good idea. I didn't realize, excuse me, I didn't realize that there was a legitimate market for that. You know, I, I thought that uh, if uh, if a client is going to go do that, they have agents that that manage that. Right, but look who's again. It's going to these people who want to say, "Hey, I had Ja Rule at my I would say it's kids' going, bar mitzvah." It's going to Ja Rule, who's probably like, "Yeah, I'll take anything because <laughs> uh, I'm not relevant anymore." Well, maybe so. we should talk about Ja Rule. He. I, he came he's across a, to me like an idiot. He's a fucking idiot. He is an idiot. <laughs> like in even, both documentaries, he's an idiot. Okay, because uh, even after the Firefest has burned to the ground, he's still saying, "Well, how we can salvage this? We can salvage this." I'm like, dude, yeah. you, you're he's clueless. He 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 talks in both documentaries as if he is like the most astute businessman out there. He right. can barely string two sentences together. Yeah, uh, and complete one of them. Right. Uh, so I know you see that, and you're just like, man, this guy is. Like let of it go. Course, of course, he's there with Billy McFarlane trying to make this happen. Right. Um, so yeah, you're right. In, in theory, the app is a good idea, uh, and I didn't realize that there was a, a market for that. But the whole idea around the festival was to promote that app, and in right. part of his fundraising for the festival, he said that they had done yes, like something like three million or ten million dollars in bookings for clients, and they had done sixty thousand. Right, like just not even close, not even remotely close on accurate numbers. And okay, right there, that's fraud. Uh, yeah, you are taking money from people with with bad information. Yes, you know, fraudulent information. The fact that he owned. I think he claimed that he owned uh, two and a half million dollars in Facebook shares or something, and he owned like twelve hundred dollars. So, if even I do, I don't even think it was in the thousands. I think he had like like yeah. hundred twenty bucks or something <laughs> like that. It was so small. So it's just like uh, how I, I don't I don't uh, I can't comprehend how people like people can get away with that stuff still. Well, for a certain period of time. Yeah, and and that's what I was going to say is that I've kind of realized growing up or like basically in my 30s, like the people that try to cheat the system or try to like get ahead, oh, it always comes back to bite them. It, ha- in their ass. it has to. Because there's just nothing there there's nothing behind it to substantiate it, right? right? Like I try to not me personally, but like, you know, I try to jump ahead and like, you know, I've got this cool shit and I've got this cool connection. And it's like, yeah, that's gonna burn out and, and we're gonna see you for who you are. Like put in the hard work, yeah, have the good idea and you will be successful. But don't take the shortcuts because that's gonna bite you in the ass. Well, the people who the people who go down that route of of trying to take the shortcuts of of trying to cheat the system mm. are inherently greedy and so they don't stop when it works and so you know here's oh, billy mcfarland right the the first gig worked enough that he was able to get money to go buy a maserati he was but able that's to what get you his do. penthouse right and then he was just like oh shit you know that one's kind of catching fire so <laughs> let me go on to the next thing and he's able to convince more people yeah. so it's just like um, this is probably a horrible way to say it, but like it's like new money versus old money. Like new money is like yeah. I got all this money, I'm gonna go buy a Maserati. Whereas old money would be like I just got some money. Yep. Let's put that away. Yep. Right. Let's keep living like we were, and then go out and like you know yeah. once we get to a certain level, then maybe we think about the Maserati. We don't buy it like 
purchase one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, who's the uh, Wolf of Wall Street guy? Oh, uh, Jordan uh, Belfort. Jordan Belfort. You know, same idea. He, yeah. You know, once he realized that the racket was working, all he wanted was more. And at some point, that's going to come back and bite you in the ass. Like, yeah. When is it enough? And you know, when it is enough, what if you stop there? Could you get away with it then? Possibly. Yeah. Uh, and then go, you know, live yeah, a well, life. I mean, but, but really, what is the end game? And I and I'm not saying that there aren't people out there who have who are billionaires who haven't like fucked the system. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. But at the same time, like like when you're like a, a Jordan Belfort or a, a Billy McFarland, like what is the end game? You don't have that money in the bank to support this lifestyle. Like at some point, it's gonna bite you in the ass. You have to. You can't be that obtuse that you don't realize that it's gonna bite you in the ass. I think for McFarland, it was just how do I portray the life on Instagram that I. In my eyes, I want to live, and how do I get people to just fund that and create that life around me? For that, right? So that, he that's kinda, what I he got. He was going to be an influencer, these. basically. He I, wants. I don't to even be... know if he if he wanted to be an influencer. More so, he wanted to be. Uh, he wanted to be the life that you saw on Instagram. And right. on, on Instagram, it was just in little snippets, and it was just either a quick photo or it was right. a thirty second Instagram story. He wanted that to be twenty four seven. That's what it looked like to me. Who would? Who's that guy on Instagram who, like, shot guns, flew a f- private plane, had models everywhere? Dan Bilzerian. Dan Bilzerian. That's exactly it. And that's that is his real life, though. That's the. But is it though? Like, how did he make the money? He he claims because he was but on see, this Joe is Rogan. Thing. This is that thing where I'm like, yeah. somewhere there's there's a disconnect because he got to where he is, but I feel like he jumped a few few fucking spaces. So he's actually it. yeah. This is a really good example because I. Since I haven't been on Instagram, I and I don't really follow him that much. Um, yeah. He may have been one of the first episodes I listened to of Joe Rogan's podcast. Oh wow! Okay. I was like, so okay, this was a while ago. yeah, no, definitely. Uh, but I was like, if I'm going to listen to this guy's podcast, let me. I just want to hear what this you know fake ass Instagram guy has to say on what is otherwise considered a pretty reputable uh, podcast series. Totally. Um, and it sounds like so. I guess his dad is a, a billionaire. Um, oh, that helps. Whether it's through hedge funds or finance or something, uh, his dad's a billionaire. Um, so he's a self-made man, sort <laughs> of. Kidding, he claims in this episode that he is because he Dan went off. Claims this. Yes, he went off to join the military. He was, you know, one of those lost children that grew up with a ton of money and you know didn't want to necessarily follow in the footsteps. Right. Uh, so he went off to join the military, like flunked out of buds and uh, SEAL team three times or something. And wow. But still claims that he's, he's a big dude. He's like, yeah, giant. still claims that he was like part of the team. And there, I guess there's controversy around that. And he he had such a mind that he was like actually really good at poker uh, and figuring oh. out gambling. Okay. And so he he had some money. And I don't know if he got into World Series of Poker or he just got into like some big tables where he was able to make some more money. Right. And then he can get into some really high stake tables where he basically just started making a shitload of money. Really? And yeah, he just like he figured out how to play poker and how to play it really well and made I think he said in one night he made fifty million dollars and that's No way. When, and that's when it just set him off. There's that maybe, much. Maybe money ten million dollars. I, I don't know. Whatever it was. Oh, you come on, you've been to You've been to casinos. You can see how... I was at a casino last weekend. Yeah, exactly. I mean, even just at like the most basic tables, people put $5,000 down. Now think of the ones that's behind the velvet rope and the guys are wearing sunglasses and they're there every single weekend. They're playing with a million dollars 
no problem on just right. like a Wednesday even. So this is slightly off topic, but I so I was at Mohegan Sun this past weekend, yeah. and I generally do not gamble or whatever. And I was like, how? This is a money making opportunity. It is insane. How do you not make boatloads of cash at a casino? Because it is like when as a as a customer as no 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 no, no. as a casino they do right like overhead is pretty high but dude I mean I I watched people like this is the really sad thing about casinos is you go to them and and you see some people that look destitute yeah right and they are putting substantial money down on on hands of of cards and you're like like what is this gonna get you right and you watch them lose thousands of dollars yeah. And meanwhile, I was like, "Oh, I took out a hundred dollars. I yep. don't. I, I might lose this. I did quickly, yeah. <laughs> but like, like you know. And I'm not. I'm not destitute, but I'm not gonna throw out five thousand dollars a hand. And you're like, this is where the money is, man. Become yeah. a casino maker. Well, you can't in Connecticut, right? Because you're not Native American, right? No, <laughs> and and I get it. And trust me, like uh, Sheldon Adelson out in. Um in las vegas the like the big uh conservative republican donor he's a mm-hmm. he's a casino magnet magnate that's what you do uh, man that's and, what that's yeah what you I, do. You, but you're right you you walk into those places and i i sat at the same table that you were at a month and a half ago or whatever right uh and there was a guy who came up just wearing like a windbreaker and khakis and sneakers like i honestly looked like chevy chase out of <laughs> vegas vacation uh and he just pulled out a stack and he was like 5,000 pit boss turns around changing 5,000 yeah. and just like in three or four hands burns it stands up walks away like what you just yeah. have five grand that you can just step onto a table for 20 minutes and lose and just walk away and like not feel anything right and it, it's so weird because we live in a very affluent area of mm-hmm. the country and we are obviously very far removed from a lot of just regular experiences yes that people have to deal with on a day-to-day basis you know it's like it's we should instagram about this maybe you're right <laughs> um snapchat story uh but yes. snapchat <laughs> I don't even uh, have snapchat I don't know <laughs> i'm a grandpa so, i like to snapchat instagram so, me i'm gonna spotify uh, tomorrow <laughs> say spotify is still good <laughs> i'll still use that uh but it's just it's so crazy to think that and that was just one guy at one table at, you know, one seat in yeah. the entire casino that just is like, boom, five grand gone like that. Yeah. But you're right. The, the, the people that are involved in casinos have to be just hand over fist pulling in money every single night. And yes, the overhead is expensive. Free drinks. But you get free, <laughs> free drinks is the least of it. I mean, you know, you've got a lot of employees. You've got yes. people behind the scenes looking at cameras and all the that. Security. Yeah. Uh, buildings are generally beautiful and right. got great things but, but the like, land is cheap well it's a, it depends yeah i mean I, i'm sure it's not cheap on the strip anymore true, yeah, true you're right but they, at Vegas the time it was different. like we're in the middle of the fucking desert yeah, yeah have all the yeah. land you want but yeah man like like so i had a guy our friend who i will who will remain nameless uh we went out to dinner we had a very expensive dinner at this casino yeah and he spent the entire time explaining to me how this game he plays is guaranteed to pay out. Yes. Right? Uh, he sold me the same bill of goods. Right. We go. I watch him play. I watch him lose a substantial amount of money. And then me, 
being a fucking genius, I'm like, oh, let me get in on this. I can do better than him. <laughs> yeah, not even close. I lose money quicker than he does. And I'm like, well, I'm out. I'm done. This is bullshit. But at least you had like the the cutoff. Like you could say, nope, I'm not going to the ATM. I'm not pulling out any more money. You don't well, have one of those like member cards. No, I know. Everybody is no. like just charging shit. Too. But that's kind of the thing that I realized about like casinos and gambling is like it just doesn't have that appeal to me. Not there are all. people that just love it. And and he even said, he's like, well, isn't this fun? I'm like, no. Not, not really, no. Like, there's no there's no interest to me. There's no, like, it's all very superficial. It's very, like, on the face, right? Like, there's no, like, I don't want to keep doing this because, one, I'm losing money quickly. And, two, like, I would much rather go and play, like, Grand Theft Auto for an yeah. hour. <laughs> I went to the arcade with the friend, the other Did friend that really? I was there. Yeah, we were there for an hour, like, on the MotoGP. We were shooting hoops, oh, trying to beat high scores. I didn't know there was an arcade. I yeah, <laughs> there were, like, 13-year-olds there, but which is also completely effed up that there is a, a kid's arcade yeah. in a casino where you have to be 21, 18. I, I, I'm not sure, but I, I believe it's 21 because you're getting the free to, drinks. Yeah, 21 must. to gamble. Yeah. Uh, and there's a kid's arcade. It's like, yeah, yeah, we're going to drop you off here, and then we're going to go spend the college savings uh, on the <laughs> slot machine over here. Right. Well, we so we're saying it's it's a drug. Social is. media is a drug. And I, yeah. I'm sure that there are studies out there, and if there aren't, then I hope somebody way smarter and way more well-funded than we are, goes out and studies. But there has got to be a dopamine effect there, on oh, your no, brain. There are definitely studies. I've read these studies. Yes, and yes. getting likes, like yeah. getting engagement on your posts, playing, you know, gambling, sitting right. there, even if you're losing money, if it's an enjoyable experience That's to why you. they have the sound of the... the, the the uh, ding, ding, ding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. It's just this tangible, like, I can have this, and, like, you know, it's 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 rewarding me in some weird way. And I guess we are fortunate that we don't get sucked into that black hole, and we aren't affected by by that drug or, or that, that kick. I mean, uh, I'm sure I there do, are other I, things I will in admit, I used to, like, I was like, wow, look at all these likes. Like, oh, that's awesome. But yeah. Now, but now I, I'm like, well, what's I the used to say the that? same thing, too. Yeah, there's no value like, in it. If I got 50. <laughs> like, I know people out there. I have friends who are like, yeah. all they want are likes. Yeah. And they tailor their posts to get these likes. Yeah. And and at the end, what does it get you? Likes. And that's it. And 10 minutes of satisfaction when you look at it and you're like, damn, yeah. Look, I cracked 100 likes on that. That's right. so cool. Yeah. But then awesome. do you go back and look at that? And Never. No. And it's not... When you go to a job, you're not asking like, oh, how many likes did you get on your most recent post? It's no. nothing. It's just there is no no value in any of it. Well, I'm at the point in my career where if I was like, if I put on my resume, hey, you know, I have 3,000 followers on Instagram, they'd be like, uh. Great. You and every other 12-year-old. <laughs> yeah. Get the fuck out yeah. of my office. Be like, oh, sorry. You must have gone to a small private school, huh? Because <laughs> public school students have at least 5,000 yeah, followers. Yeah. Fuck. Uh, it's so bad. But. Um, to lighten the mood here. Oh, okay. Wow. I'm going swimming. Wait, what do you mean you're going swimming? <laughs> oh, oh shit. I have to go in Long Island Sound. Wait, no way. Really? Yep. So after all what, of this. Wait, you just should tell me this now? Yeah. Tell you it tell you towards the end. Wait, here. what happened? Uh, you gave me shit last weekend because I my know. shit was like, someone hacked my Facebook <laughs> account. You know, I was... I, yeah, I was giving you shit, but I was trying to see. I was testing you. Dude, see. I made my wife write a. Fucking you didn't have to. If your if your Facebook account was hacked, you could go in there. And no, fix I'm, it. I'm I'm a man of my so word. So I the only reason I'm saying I'm going swimming is because yesterday 
Oh, we're bringing the podcast live to this, by the way. Yeah, and that's so I was thinking. I was like, shit, we need. And a I'm not. Website. I'm not letting you nag on this. We need. We need video of this. We got to put it on our Instagram story. We got to <laughs> put it on Snapchat. We're gonna get so many likes. Oh my it's god, great! I can't wait to see the engagement on this. Um, no, I I was on. Uh, I was doing a business thing yesterday and today. Yesterday, it asked for our Instagram um, website web address and our Facebook web address, and. Nobody was there, and I knew if I asked my brother what it was, he'd tell me to go F myself. And so I just said, fuck it. Instagram.com slash four plus granola and clicked on it. Great, it's there. You know, control, <sighs> copy. But it was, you know, it was desktop. It wasn't mobile, but Facebook loaded, Instagram loaded, and then today I was on LinkedIn. Oh, okay. So I, <laughs> I was going to say, like, the one out, like, I can get it for like a business. Today was LinkedIn for business as well, but I was I was on my profile. I was on my mom's profile. Oh man, you like <laughs> so uh, you like fell off the fucking wagon. I didn't have a choice. At least you stayed on longer than you did the whole thirty. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you cannot subsist anything. <laughs> Screw whole thirty. Wow, fuck that day. Um, holy shit. So yeah, the Facebook and Instagram thing yesterday was was desktop version, and it was literally just to copy and paste into an application. And then on LinkedIn today was to try and get a description of our business in one to two sentences. And it wasn't on my LinkedIn profile. So my dad said, look on your mom's. And I looked on my mom's profile. and wasn't there either. So I didn't even get any value right. from so it. So here's the problem I have with this. Like, obviously, I want you to swim. <laughs> you want me to go in the I sand. Do. But it's for work. Yeah, but we, we still said that... Even for work, you didn't go on LinkedIn when there was a work opportunity. Right. And you found some other way around it. We haven't done anything. I literally emailed an old coworker <laughs> to get in touch with this guy <laughs> who needed to like get in touch with me. We haven't done anything on the drone front. Not not uh, social media wise. So I I'm hesitant to say that that's a breaking of it. Like if you were on there to like scroll post through. a photo and like scroll through, yeah. But work, I think I did. I feel like I, I can give you a pass on this. I think I did text you though, or maybe I said in the last episode. I've been abusing Strava as if it's Instagram. Uh, and really? I mean, I'm I I don't like go on it to be like, oh, who's working but, out? But, but I, I scroll through that and I like somebody's workout. So you could. Wow, it's such a gray area. I know it really is a gray area because I, mean, I post to Strava. I don't go yeah. on Strava, but like as soon as I'm done with a workout, it goes on. It goes automatically yeah. on. And I like your workouts. You son of a bitch. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I think it's a lot of things can be considered social media. Reddit is social media. YouTube is social media. So if Reddit is social media, then yeah. I am super fucked. Swimming for the whole month of February. I actually looked at my usage of Reddit since I got off of social media and <laughs> it, it has like doubled, really? if not tripled. Interesting. Yeah. Because you, when I was in meetings, I used to go on Facebook or Instagram and just like see yeah. what my friends were up to. Now I'm like Reddit. Just like, on Reddit. I get to like the dregs of Reddit. <laughs> like, and that goes deep. Yeah. I mean, it's infinite almost. Yeah. So, well, all right. We'll, we'll have to make a decision. On, uh, I think we need a third party to weigh in on this. Okay. That's fair. Do people feel as if you have um, cheated on this? Yeah. Comment below uh, in the comment section. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so it's funny that you bring up, sorry, this is kind of off, to, off, off topic here, but, um, so I always go on and look at our podcast numbers and yeah. our, our, um, yeah. 
you know how many numbers we're doing and, and how many people are saying yeah uh the analytics and how many I, thousands are we up to we uh, it's almost immeasurable yeah oh really so yeah. It's, it's broken the metrics they were like, you need to actually, you actually own Apple now. <laughs> Could um, you imagine a day when we like crack a million? That's never going to happen. Uh, maybe 150,000. Dude, we're at like, when we break 15, I'm like, ooh, sweet. <laughs> this is a good episode. Um, but our last episode, we like, for some reason, it wasn't reading any metrics. And yeah. I actually Googled why that might be. And they're like, well, you need more than five people to listen to it to actually start <laughs> registering. And I was like, really? It's like, I probably listened to it. Nate listened to it. Uh, one of my brothers. One of your brothers it. listened to it. Yeah. Bill might listen to it at some point. I'm like, we need. I thought we had more than a little bit more than that. Well, if anyone's listening to this and hasn't listened to our last one, which is called Talk Politics, please listen to it so we can check our (laughs) metrics so I can get that satisfaction of seeing the numbers come in. See, it's Um, a drug. But generally, we always get more than five. So that's why I was like a little weirded out by it. I guess, yeah, without the social media push, uh, how are people listening to this? And, and that's another thing. Every time I like post on social media that we have a new episode, our numbers are higher. Yeah. I mean, it's it's natural. Like Otherwise, you can't expect everybody to be subscribing to every single podcast. I wish they would. Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> and even if you do, like... Wait, I... hold on, hold on. Rate, review, subscribe. Rate, review, subscribe. <laughs> Thank you. Um, our little PSA. Yeah. Uh, but... Even when I subscribe to other podcasts, I see that a new episode comes out. I'm like, okay, great. I'll get to it when I get to it. You know, it's see there are. I have like first tier and then second tier podcasts. First tier, as soon as I see a new podcast come out, I like like listen it. to it that day. Um, do second you do, tier, but you listen to a lot of podcasts during work. Uh, not anymore. It's really hard to write while listening yeah. to people. And that's talk. what I was gonna say. I don't know how you would do. I, I don't really listen to work okay. at work anymore. Um, but I do it on my drive. Uh, a lot of times when I'm doing stuff around the house, like if I'm doing yard work or if I'm like, yes. yeah, that's yeah, when that's I'm good... like, I, I always tell my wife, I'm like, hey, don't talk to me. I've got my earphones <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, Whenever somebody's talking to you, like pause it. You're like, what? Right. What do you need to ask me? It's like, I'm in the middle of something. So my secondary podcasts are the ones that I like enjoy, but I know that like they come out infrequently or I'm not that much of like, um, like so Dan Carlin, yeah. it, which by the way, I wouldn't really consider a second tier because as soon as no, his new, exactly, uh, supernova yeah. in the East came out, I was like, I haven't listened to the most recent one. It's good. I've been putting it off cause I'm like, it's so long. I want right. a full chunk of time where I'm going to be able to listen to it. I just haven't had it yet. I knew I had like a bunch of like road, not road trips, but like yeah, I yeah, had yeah. a lot of like commuting exactly. stuff. Um, but so to that end, I was like, Hey, Dan came out with a new podcast. I know that like all my other ones are getting pushed down that list because I'm going to crank through this before I get to the other ones. Um, but yeah, it's, it's good. You should listen to it. I got, I have to, and I think I still need to listen to the it's first Pearl Harbor. one. Again, he talks about Pearl Harbor, which is like straight up my alley. I've, and so that's the thing is that, and that's the problem I have with this is that his podcasts are like four hours long and so far apart, so far apart that you're like, Oh, right. What happened in that first part? Because yeah. I almost wish he'd like record them all and then release them like once a month. Even. So I I discovered him well after he did the blueprint for Armageddon, right? Which uh, was about World War One, maybe the best series of podcasts. Unbelievable, ever. yeah. So and I was on the road twenty four seven just doing Amazing. sales calls. Yeah. So I listened to that entire series in four days. I think maybe that's, three that's and a half. Incredible. I think it took me a month. 
I just like I started I mean, you're on the road at seven in the morning yeah. and in and out of the car till eight o'clock at night three days yeah. in a row it's just like boom done I it got I to like, the point where like my wife would be like hey can you go get something I'll be like yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'd go to like the far supermarket exactly. just so I could listen to it <laughs> yeah you enjoy driving you're like I want to get back in the car I don't yeah. care whatever it is I have to do that's out of the car fine that'll take ten minutes and then right. get me back in the car yes. So yeah, having I wish we could this be a podcast, podcast is like not that. that. Yeah, yeah, this is not that. People are like, I just need to get out of the car right now. This will suck up some amount of time on your commute or whatever it is yeah. that you're doing. But uh, so I guess to in conclusion, in conclusion, your this is your summary. Fire festival, fire was festival, a fuck festival. It really was, uh, and it and honestly, a lot of the people that participated in it kind of deserved what they got. Yes. Um, feel bad for some. I do. I feel horrible for some. Like I was like genuinely upset for like these people in the Bahamas who totally. I mean, it would yeah. suck if you if you expected a uh, a music festival to go off something like Coachella or uh, Burning Man because that's that's right. what it was advertised as. Totally. And you go down to an island that you're literally trapped on, and yeah. you don't even have a place to sleep. Like, right. Granted, this is like this is what people deal with on a daily basis in a yes. lot of the country. Like, where do I get my water? Where do I get my food? And do I have somewhere dry and warm to sleep at night? Right. So the fact that these these a holes, yeah, a yeah, holes from New York City. And, and by LA the way, like I am a snob when it comes to like yeah. hotels. Like I don't stay in like super eights. <laughs> I get it. Like my wife gives me shit. I'm like, yeah. no, I don't want to do that. Like, I, but get, get something better. <laughs> right. Yeah. I would have never gone to the fire festival because that's just not my shit. But like if someone had said, hey, you got to sleep in this, I'd have been like, yeah, that's see you happen. later. Yeah, that's not going to happen. So it, it does. It does suck that that went down and, and it's not what they anticipated. But, but you get watch you both documentaries, though. You really I th- should. I, I think they're both very interesting. Yeah, super uh, entertaining. And they're both on services that you have to pay for. Oh, my God. <laughs> but you know what? You could probably like them, too. <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right. Uh, I guess. Anything? Anything else to add about I, Fire Festival? I have nothing else to add. Okay, and we'll determine uh, next week. No, yeah, we'll determine next week uh, whether we're going swimming or not because we'll be in February. Whoa, we are going swimming. Yeah, because if if I'm going swimming for my LinkedIn and. Instagram, Facebook thing. You're going swimming for your Reddit and YouTube abuse. No wait, we dude. We said, <laughs> "Fuck you, man." We said Reddit didn't count, and All YouTube right. is not. All right, you're right. F- Facebook and dude, Instagram. Don't right. pull me down with you. <laughs> you are sinking in that ship. You're alone, dude. <laughs> we'll have to. Fi- we'll have to figure out how uh, these people can see it. Oh, I will. I will film this in 4K. You'll abuse the <laughs> shit out of social media. <laughs> yeah, to it's, share this, dude. It's gonna be great. I'm so excited now. All right, so we'll figure it out. Uh, yeah, next week, the first uh, first week of February. Yeah, man, bring your uh, bring your floaties. All right, bye. <laughs>